0: Listener-supported, WNYC Studios. From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. The stock market has been steadily rising for almost a decade and is regularly setting new records. One of the last times it rose this way was in the 1980s, and that ended with a bang 30 years ago. October 19th, 1987 marked the biggest one-day drop in Wall Street history. As a part of our series Crash Course, Reporter Alexandra Starr investigates the causes and the warnings it holds for us today.
1: I spoke with a bunch of longtime market watchers because I had a question.
0: Can we have another crash? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think there will be another crash uh, someday. The question is when.
1: With the Dow above
0: 20,000 points, it's going to be big numbers. It's going to be frightening.
1: These days, stocks just seem to go up and up. Same thing as 30 years ago. And then we had October 19th, 1987, what came to be known as Black Monday. Journalist Diana Enriquez is the author of a new book about that stock market crash. It's called A First Class Catastrophe. It was
0: twice as bad as the worst day in 1929. There were people who lost their
1: retirement savings. Cashin lived through Black Monday. He had been trading for more than twenty years when it happened. Early that morning, he saw how markets were crashing in Asia. Before trading opened in New York, he made a quick dash for the cafe, where he saw the chairman of the exchange. And when I finished my coffee, I walked over to the table, uh, looked over to him, put my right hand across my chest, and gave him the gladiator salute: te salutamus esse which means we who are about to die salute you. Kenny Polkari was a newbie 26-year-old trader in 1987. He also received a version of that message, but over the phone.
0: I go to my booth, the phone is already ringing. And it's a buddy of mine who's also a client, and he calls me
1: up. He says, bro, do you know what's going on around the world? It's going to be a bloodbath today. That prophecy came true immediately. Sonny, there's only one word to describe what's happening, and that is panic. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is off
0: almost 200 points. It It just kept going down and down, and then it would stop and go down. Down 375 and a half points. The customers kept saying, sell it, sell it, sell it. I don't care, sell it. Down 446.80 points.
1: It becomes almost like... A dream sequence in the movie.
0: The Dow Jones Industrial Average suffering an unbelievable 508.32 loss. But I remember when the bell rang. I remember this feeling of just utter devastation.
1: By the end of the day, the Dow Jones had lost more than 22 percent of its value. And to this day, there's still no agreement on what sparked this sell-off. Some point to the big trade deficit we were running. The U.S. government had also borrowed record amounts of money. Maybe that had something to do with it. What isn't in dispute is that the 1980s were a time of enormous speculation on Wall Street. Greed, for lack of a
0: better word,
1: is good. That's from Oliver Stone's movie Wall Street. It came out a few months before the 1987 crash, and it captured the ethos of the time— In the 1980s, futures markets expanded, allowing investors to make bets on whether stocks would rise or fall. This speculation made some people a lot of money. It also introduced new risks. And as Diana Enriquez points out, computerization sped everything up. We learned that with a terrible wake-up call on Black Monday.
0: Everybody's trading everything all the time at warp speed
1: and in billions of dollars. Technology didn't just increase the tempo of trading. It also brought new investment strategies. The most popular was portfolio insurance. This was a computer algorithm that promised to protect you from big losses. When stocks began to decline, the algorithm would sell, but slowly. Instead of just saying, oh my goodness, the market's going down, I'm going to sell everything. It said, wait a minute, the market's
0: only down a half a percent. Sell this much. Oh, now it's down a full percent. Sell this much. So it guided your exit from the
1: market in deliberate stages so that you felt protected. In order for portfolio insurance to work, there had to be people buying these stocks as the prices dropped. But portfolio insurance was really popular, particularly with big institutional investors like pension funds. There were, of course, individual investors in the market. A lot of them also joined the sell-off. In fact...
0: So many of us wanted to sell that we
1: drove whatever contrarians
0: were in the market to the sidelines in sheer panic, and there was nobody to buy.
1: Why does this happen? Well, consider this hypothetical scenario from Robert Schiller. He's a Nobel Prize-winning behavioral economist at Yale University.
0: Imagine that, this is very unlikely, a raccoon or some animal ran into the room immediately we would all react. It would be so fast. And some people wouldn't even see the raccoon. Uh, They would see other people reacting to it, and they'd know immediately that something is happening.
1: The panic had lasting consequences. On Wall Street, a lot of brokerage houses folded. Remember those iconic ads for E.F. Hutton? You know, the one where the two men are dining in a restaurant? One leans over to his friend and says, My broker's E.F. Hutton. And Hutton says... and then everyone goes silent. They so want in on the advice. Well, E.F. Hutton, one of the most prestigious names on Wall Street, had to shut down after the crash. That was just part of a bloodletting. Rosemary Scanlon at the time was the chief economist for the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. While the rest of the country didn't feel the impact so much, she said the crash triggered a tough recession in New York.
0: If you could imagine... The borough of Manhattan has a giant bathtub filled with water, and you pull the plug on it. That's what happened to the Manhattan economy. And all of this money just drained out.
1: Scanlon says the real pain started a few months after the crash, when Wall Street bonuses failed to materialize. The city had to lay off workers. Restaurants went under. Residential prices fell, you know, something in the order of 20 percent in New York City. Scanlon says it took years for New York to claw its way back, but the stock market made up its losses in less than two years. And because it bounced back pretty quickly, Enriquez is concerned we tend to see the crash as a blip. We came so close
0: to a system-cracking meltdown, fuse-blowing crisis. We need to know that. We need to know how close we came.
1: Portfolio insurance was blamed for the severity of the crash and has been largely repudiated. But new, untested financial strategies, innovations, people like to call them, have sprung up in its place. These, two promise solid returns with minimum risks. Tomorrow, we'll look at how these approaches could contribute to another stock market meltdown. Alexandra Starr, WNYC News.